What is up? Gosh, I've missed you guys. Took a couple weeks off, but welcome to MiFi. Glad you're here. Got a great show today. My friend, my my good friend Jonathan Maloney is on the show. Uh, He's a graphic designer, uh, art director, digital designer, all the things. Creative dude, loves music, and we had a great conversation. But wherever you're at, hit subscribe. Please subscribe to the podcast, Apple Music, YouTube, wherever you're at. Uh, it's awesome. You get all the updates and notifications, all the things, so you know when we're dropping new episodes. And we are back. We got some great guests lined up to finish 2022, so you're not going to want to miss it. And make sure that you're following MyFi on socials everywhere, too. Uh, it's just at MyFi Podcast, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all the things. So just make sure you're you're doing it, okay? Make sure you're following, subscribing. And check out the website, myfipodcast.com. Uh, you can get links to stuff. Uh, there, You can watch the episodes. We did some updating over there. Uh, you can listen online, you know, right there as well, uh, if that's your preferred method. But check it out, myfipodcast.com. Let's get into it. All right. We are back. Took a uh, took a couple weeks off, just uh, just chilling. Um, had a great episode with Todd Kearns a couple weeks ago. If you haven't, go catch that um, and uh, and catch up. You know, on the show, we were dropping a lot of episodes there and had a lot of fun. A lot of people got another good one for you today. Super excited about it. And uh, my my friend Jonathan, who's on the show, uh, is a really good friend. We don't live far from uh, each other here. We work together. Jonathan is a designer and art director uh, at uh, 12 Stone Church, which is right outside of Atlanta where we live. He also does a lot of design work, digital design stuff for nonprofits and businesses uh, and bands. He's worked with um, John Nolan from Taking Back Sunday. He's worked with a band called Becoming the Archetype, which we had Jason Wisdom from that band on an earlier episode. Uh, and so, and Jonathan just loves music. Uh, it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be great. We're going to get into it in just a minute, but it got me thinking because he does design stuff about record art and record covers. And so I pulled a handful of albums and just want to talk real quick about some of my favorite uh, record covers, record art of all time. So I'm going to grab them here. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify video or something, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, hold these up and talk about them just a little bit. Um, and I and I, and I'm talking in I don't know they're not in really any order, but but they're fun. So th- this first record I've actually featured this as a record of the week before. This is a band from Sweden called Dead Lord, uh, and the album is called Surrender. Ironically, Jonathan sent me this record as uh, it was like right at the beginning of of the quarantine deal. And he sent me this record to show me the record art, actually. And and I thought he sent it to me because uh, uh, we share a lot of music back and forth. We, we like a lot of similar stuff, but we also like a lot of different things and trust each other's musical taste. So he had sent me this, and I thought that he was sending it to me to recommend the music. So I started listening to the record. I fall in love with it. It was like my favorite album of the year that year. No, no, no lie. It was my favorite album of the year that year. And I, I bought it on vinyl. Uh, it was kind of hard to get. Um, uh, it took a little while to get here, all that sort of stuff, but it's fantastic. And the cover art is really cool. It's like a guy in a suit with no head with like green smoke coming out. I don't know. You know, it's hard to describe if you're listening online, but you should go watch us on YouTube. Then you see all these covers, you know what I'm saying? So check it out. I'm going to, I'm going to post some of these on social this week too. And we can talk about record covers. It'll be super fun. Uh, you know, good old music nerd talk. 
and stuff. Uh, here's the next one that I love. Uh, this is Def Leppard Hysteria. You're probably familiar with it. I talk about it all the time. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. But this record art is just amazing. And this was like, it's one of those like back in the day, this record came out in uh, 87. They worked on this record a really long time. But this artwork, you know, it was back when people were like, was not digital. You know, they were like putting this stuff together and, and, uh, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> so I don't even know what I'm talking about really, but I know it wasn't on a computer. I know that much because I've watched way too many, uh, like documentaries and, uh, listened to way too many podcasts about the history of Def Leppard hysteria. And I'm proud to say it. I'm not embarrassed at all. Uh, but this is incredible album art. Uh, it's, it's cool. It's scary. I think I got this on a cassette tape when I was a kid and, uh, my parents probably, probably didn't like that, uh, artwork. I, I think I remember my mom like checking it out and making sure, you know, there wasn't anything wrong with that record. Cause I was like in fourth grade, I think when I bought it, uh, next one is a uh, TV on the radio. Great Brooklyn band. Uh, this record seeds is the name of this record. It, it's a uh, way up there for me. One of the reasons I, I love this artwork. Um, one, it's just cool. Uh, it's just cool art. And I, I hope that you're seeing it, you know, on, on YouTube or whatever, but, uh, it, comes with this little thing inside of it. It's like a, and I don't even know if this is going to come across on video, but it comes with this little thing inside of it. And you like, uh, it's like a piece of plastic and it's like slotted sort of, and you like move it back and forth across the cover of the album and the album art like moves. It's crazy. Uh, and I, I love when they do stuff like that with vinyl that make kind of makes the artwork sort of come alive, but there's a lot to love about this, uh, record. It's as colorful and vibrant as the record itself. And always love kind of when, when that's the vibe, you know, it sort of matches and, uh, the vibe and all that. So, uh, next I've, got, I've just got a couple more. I just pulled five of these, but, um, I love a lot of Radiohead albums, but hail to the thief is probably my favorite, uh, record art. Uh, Stanley Donwood does all of the Radiohead artwork. And the story that I have read before was that Stanley uh, Donwood and Tom York from Radiohead were like college roommates. And when they were in like, art school or music school or whatever. And he just always had done these. And so to my knowledge, every Radiohead um, t-shirt, record cover, poster, like everything has always been done by Stanley Donwood. And he has a great um, website with a lot of his art on it and stuff as well. But I, I just love uh, all the artwork from this Hail to the Thief album. It's, you can tell it's, it's so intricate. It's like all these little things with words on them. They're like license plate size sort of things. I don't know. That's maybe a bad way to describe it, but it's, it's really, really cool. Really, really beautiful. And last but not least, um, Pearl Jam lightning bolt, which is not, uh, maybe if you're a fan, you know, the, the record, but like, it's not like a famous Pearl Jam. It's not like, you know, Pearl Jam 10 or verses or, you know, one of the well-known Pearl Jam albums. But I think the artwork to this, when this record came out, I was captivated by the cover of it. And inside the vinyl, there's all these uh, stickers and I'm a sticker dude. I like, you know, stickers on, on my laptop covers and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I, I just can't bring myself to peel these stickers off of this album. I, it, it's just so cool that it's in the record. And so I just think it's cool and I can't bring myself to do it. So Anyway, uh, those are five records I love. I'm going to post on social this week, and let's talk about uh, record art that we love. Um, but in honor of my friend being on uh, the podcast today, my record of the week can't be anything but Weezer Blue, and you're going to hear a story that Jonathan tells about his love for this album. Uh, obviously, there, there's massive hits on this, uh, Buddy Holly and Undone, The Sweater Song, and Say It Ain't So. You know, this was a 
a, a pretty huge record and uh, Rick Okasik from the cars, which I, I'm the only reason I always pronounce his name wrong. I'm probably saying it wrong right now. I think I said it wrong in the episode because we talked a little bit about this, but um, uh, from the cars produced this record and it's, it's a stellar album. If you're, if you're young and you don't know what this is, you need to go figure it out and, uh, and, and listen to it. So, uh, on the show today, like I said, my friend, Mr. Jonathan Maloney, he's an art director and designer from Atlanta, Georgia, around the area there, uh, up here where I live. And, uh, he's designed for a ton of great companies and nonprofits. He does a lot of work with 12 stone church here just outside the city. Um, he's also a part of, uh, a, a collective of guys called, uh, the Brightful Studio. Um, Jonathan and the Brightful Studio did the design work for the MiFi podcast, all the logos and uh, animations and all that sort of stuff. And so you can uh, you can check out their work at thebrightfulstudio.com, see some other stuff that Jonathan's done as well. And then his social handle is just at Jonathan Maloney. Um, uh, he is a fantastic friend and a fantastic human being. And we have a great conversation. We literally could talk for hours and we do uh, often. Uh, about cool music and share a lot of cool music. And so I hope you enjoy this uh, super fun conversation I got to have with my dear friend, Jonathan Maloney. What's up, Jonathan Maloney? How are you? How are you, man? I'm good. I'm How good, are you dude? doing? I'm good. It's hard to not act like I haven't seen you in the last week because we're <laughs> friends and stuff. I know. And yeah. you're Lee? So, yeah, I'm Lee. Nice to cool. meet you. <laughs> cool. It's nice to meet you too. This it's is very on, nice uh, to meet what, you. Like, Honestly, it's cool. Like uh, I've gotten to interview like a, a few close friends. Jonathan's one of my close friends. Uh, mentioned that in the intro, but uh, and and that he designed the logo and the brand for MiFi. So you know, thanks, bro. Man, I like I tell you all the time. It's like like a I love you, so I'm more than glad to do all this Aww. stuff. And then B, like I'm like I'm like an actual fan of the podcast. So it makes me feel a little weird because I feel like the caliber of guests for you has just been like going like sky high. And then you're like, and Jonathan, my friend, he draws. <laughs> yeah. no. But dude, I, I'm so pumped, dude. I, I, I love, I, I sincerely, I say this all the time, but like I sincerely listen to the podcast and I sincerely love it. So well, I'm stoked to be it. here. I love it, man. I appreciate it. And yeah, man. obviously, obviously we, we have, uh, I don't know, like there's times I feel like we have really, I know we have really similar taste in music, but there's mm-hmm. also like bands that like we legitimately like that the other one doesn't like. And Absolutely. Like have other friends like that or anybody listening has friends like that where I, I have people like Jonathan that I respect your musical opinion so much. And then there's bands I go, well, but why don't you like Pearl Jam, dude? All right. Dude, it's, it's like, like, I feel like we have an age gap of about what, like eight years, five years, eight years. I don't know. I don't something like that. So it's like, you're like, there are, there are times where I forget that. And then you'll be like talking about like Pearl Jam or like, like, uh, I mean a band like, like that. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I respect them, but I I wasn't really there. Right. Like I I was there, but like, I, I mean, we can jump into this, but it's like, like uh, my wife, grew up on like nineties and she loves it. And she'll like ask me questions about bands from the nineties all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it was great. But like, uh, like my, my parents uh, became Christians in the like eighties and nineties. And there was like some rule where like, you just didn't listen to secular music at all. <laughs> so like, I literally had no access to, to it. So like, I, I understand the importance of all those bands now, but it's like, I just, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I, I don't didn't know. grow. I grew up where my parents like were putting cassette tapes in like my Easter basket. So I got like yeah. Queensrÿche and 
wore right. it like cassettes. See, dude, Easter that's baskets. foreign to me. <laughs> yeah, I literally like uh, like I remember like like I remember buying. Uh, um, do you remember going to a book fair? Um, oh yeah, in, like elementary. That still school? happens. It still happens. Well, I took the money that my parents sent me with, and I bought this cassette tape called. Um, it was like Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, wait, wait, I actually read this down. I didn't, I didn't think I was actually going to talk about it. It's a uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Here's looking at me. Okay, so okay. it's like a. It's like oh a, my god. It's like a. It was a cassette tape, and and it, and it had like twenty songs on it, and they were all like like songs like um girls just want to have fun and like the leader of the pack, and so they were like secular songs. But like I got this thing. <laughs> it was like kids and my mob. guilt. Bro, my guilt, like I, I hid this under my bed like a playboy, like because I was like, my parents are gonna, my parents are gonna find out that this isn't Christian, and I'm just gonna be in trouble. Um, but yeah, so jokes on them though. Like I, I went hard once I tasted the fruits of rock and roll. So <laughs> sorry to jump ahead if that was a question. No, that's fantastic, dude. I also love like you know I, I mentioned that you do design. Uh, graphic design, digital design, and or an art director, and all that. And so I always think, like, you know, I love interviewing musicians, and that's primarily the guests we have on the show. But we've had, you know, uh, uh, Timmy, who's a mutual friend of ours, who's an animator, mm-hmm. and uh, my friend Robbie, who's a photographer up in the Northwest. And so I just love talking love to creative that episode, people. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I feel like with the work you do, and I know you play guitar, and, you know, we're in bands and stuff growing up, but like, um, I love having different perspective of people who are not necessarily career musicians. Uh, because I feel like your love for music is, is just different. And even though, you know, yeah. we all, we all kind of grew up, you know, buying, listening to music, that's how it starts. And, you know, whether you became a musician or something, I just love, uh, different creative people's aspects of music. Um, but I, w- and I want to get there, but first yeah, 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 yeah. let's yeah. go all the way back. Was that, was the Alvin and the Chipmunks thing? Was that like the first, I mean, technically that wasn't your, your own money, but like, what, what right. was the first piece of music you bought? like that you chose like you spent your hard-earned money on as a kid so like i was actually thinking about this this question because it's like i uh, uh, again the alvin and the chipmunks thing is is like a core memory of mine because i i it literally felt dangerous like i was so like that is I, the, that's I, funny that's hilarious i mean yeah, but it was like like i think the first song was girls just want to have fun and like when i say i listened to that like nonstop like i did and i and it was just this taste of like the other side but i think i want to say i want to say that's just funny no it was wonderful um this is uh, this was kind of my money um so um i grew up in georgia um and lake lanier islands was this big water park thing and i want to say i was in like seventh grade and uh there there used to be a taco bell um there used to be a Taco Bell in the water park and me and my buddy who like we played music together later on and, and all this stuff. Like we, um, um, I had money to buy either me food or if he wanted food, I would have to buy him food. Like I had like five bucks. So he was like, listen, if you give me that five bucks, I will give you, um, the Foo Fighters album color and shape. Okay. Okay. So That's like, a good so for like, five bucks. Oh bro. And I had no idea because, again, up until that point, I really still wasn't allowed to listen to, like, secular music. So it's like, when we did that, like, that was technically, like, that 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 feels like a legitimate first, al- uh, first album. Because um, once I heard yeah. that, dude, I was like, I listened to that thing How old constantly. Were you? I want to say I was in seventh grade. So, like, uh, uh, 
like, like 12, 13, 13 12. Yeah. yeah. It was, it, it was at it, like that moment of my life is, is when I started to really lead into music and, 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 and just every band I could possibly get my, uh, angers on. Um, but I think that was, yeah, I think it was color in the shape. Yeah. I think what, what, yeah. what came after that? Like, what was the waterfall? What did that start? I mean, I what records, what bands? Okay. So, so you know me, um, and, and I promised myself I wouldn't talk too much about Weezer because I, I find myself, you can always week. know. I'm, I made Weezer record of the week in honor of you. Blue? This week. Yes. Blue is the record. Blue? Of the week. Let's Actually, go. Hold on, I got it. I got it right here. Uh, I showed it in the show opening too, but I just want you to know dude, how legit I am. Like I have it such right here. Such a beautiful dude. I listen. So, so you can always tell when I've had a little bit too much to drink because <laughs> I'll start to talk more and more about uh, that b- b- that band because I like get so passionate about them and it's like the, what? <laughs> okay, when I um, I was learning how to play guitar in about like eighth grade, like seventh eighth grade, and the whole reason I wanted to learn guitar was to like learn like a Dave and Matthew song. So like the girls at <laughs> nice. church camp might like hiss me. And I didn't even like, like I hated Dave and Matthews, but like in my head, I'm like, dude, I'm going to learn how to play crash. And like, I'm going to have to like push these, these girls off of me. Um, so this guy was teaching me how to play guitar from our church. And I think like we were, we were in his basement and he was talking about a violent Femmes song. And I think I think the reason he was talking about it is because there was some a violent film song that he knew was easy, so he was going to use it to help me learn. Blister in the sun, um, I guaranteed probably, which is such a sick song. Like I, I wish, yeah. like yeah, yeah. Um, I love them, but but um, so like he had this big shelf of like cassettes, and they were like organized and alphabetized, and it was beautiful. And he was like, well, it's not here, so he opens this like junk drawer, and there was cassette tapes everywhere. And I looked down, and I remember this so clearly like the Weezer blue out album was like right there. And I look and I'm I'm like, those are the four most normal looking dudes I've ever seen in my entire life. So in my head, I'm like, I'm sure this is some like gospel group or like, like something like (laughs) there's no way this is a rock and roll. And like, I was this chunky kid with a speech impediment and like, I just, I didn't like myself. And every time I would think of myself in the future, I was like, Oh, that's, that's bad news. Like, I'm not going to get like, I'm going to get worse, obviously, because that's, um, so I see this tape and I'm like, there's no way this is good. But something in me was like, take that tape or ask if you can take that tape. And I'm like, can I have this? And he's like, yeah, I think they're a one hit wonder, which now I think about that. And I get so pissed. Cause I'm like, no, no, this, this whole album is like golden. So like, I remember putting the tape in when I got home and like the first song of that album is um, my name is Jonas. And the first, like the introduction is just an acoustic pick and then it explodes into our, our chords. Yeah. And I like, I hate when people say like, Oh, this band like, like saved my life and this and this and this. But like knowing that these four normal looking white dudes, like rock, like rocked so hard. Yeah. I was like, I, I have a chance. I make a joke. I'm like, uh, Jesus, Weezer, and antidepressants saved my life. <laughs> like, like without the <laughs> in that order. But it's like, like that. I mean, like, though, like that album, man. It, it shifted the way I saw the world, and like all of a sudden, I was like, I, I had this confidence I had never had. 
Yeah, that's super which sounds cool. so over the top, but it was like, dude, I love I that, that band. Was, well, I think that that's amazing. By the way, I love like <laughs> rich stories. Like, and honestly, like we've talked a lot. I don't know that you've ever told me like the depth of that. And uh, yeah, I think that was part of what was so cool about some of the music in the '90s. Like, you know, I our age difference, you know, is I grew up in hair metal. And I thought like it, the hair metal thing was like the guys dressed up like superheroes. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. yeah. they were in like costumes and makeup. And it was like, this is fascinating because they looked like they were out of comic books. It was like, yeah, this is, I, I would love to be a superhero like this. And you could dress up like them for Halloween. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, like you can make toys like, of yeah, them. but yeah. something, something came about in the early nineties you know, with grunge, but even like deeper than that was just like all the alternative bands that came out. Like I wouldn't call Weezer a grunge band or Smashing Pumpkins necessarily a grunge band. Like, but it was just like alternative music, but it, it became like relatable in a sense and yes. like a, attainable in a sense. Yeah. And so yeah. it was, it was really like eye opening. And I think, I think that was the explosion of a lot of kids playing music because it felt yeah. attainable. Well, all of a sudden, like, like it was that you, you, you know, like, ebb and flow it's it's like it was this big shiny untouchable music scene that only superheroes were a part of and in response to that was a bunch of like dirty gross kids who were like no like let's just play power chords and like wear like plaid well there was nothing since punk rock you know since like late 70s early 80s like ramones you know punk rock that was a that was accessible like that that you could play even like the hair metal stuff was it was just or the 80s rock stuff there was so much talent in it and not that there wasn't in the 90s but there was so much musical virtuosity in it it was really hard to play and so like when that stuff came along it was like oh gosh like i can learn this in a couple of weeks instead of like trying to play this solo from you know this motley crew song over and over and i and i still can't figure it out you know whatever uh yeah and so that was but on a, I love that it's on like a, like a personal level, you know, something different, you know, for oh, yeah. that's pretty huge. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, what, what came after that, man? Like what were the bands, um, after Weezer that obviously cracked so, the door open? Yeah. So, so that really opened, um, that really just, again, it sounds over romanticized and so dumb, but it's like, like it gave me this confidence. Um, I was a weird kid and then all of a sudden, like I'm a weird kid and then like a weird kid's like find each other. Right. So like yeah, yeah. I found this group of kids who like back in the day, it was like four or five of us who were like into this music scene. Right. So Weezer was the gateway to, to everything else. And um, I don't, I still feel dumb calling it this, but it's like people, people called it emo. Right. Yeah. Like emo became like a kind of bad word because like there's so many, there's so many different versions of it. Like some people think like, Oh, emo, that's like fallout boy. And like my chemical romance and they wear eye makeup and this and this and this. But like, there was a, there was a scene before that of again, just like normal dudes, just, just wearing thrift store shirts and jeans and just playing really authentic raw punk rock. Um, um, the Get Up Kids was one of the first al- albums I um I like really was was like flabbergasted by because I'm like this recording sounds like garbage like it sounds like somebody <laughs> recorded this album um in like a trash can and it was um four minute mile so that 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 was their first album um which that led me to 
back in the day, like you, you know this, but there was a season where like the record label that you were on meant more than anything. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. So like I found, um, vagrant records. And so anytime I would see vagrant records on any album, I would buy the album no matter what. So this was pre-internet. This, this was like 99. Um, so the get up kids I freaking loved on um, saves the day was one of my like, top three albums of all time is through being cool. And again, it's funny because now I'm making this connection while we talk, like the cover of through being cool is again, four, um, five average lower middle-class white kids on a sofa. And it's like, they look like <laughs> me, like they look like me. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I just fell in love with authenticity raw music and like in like punk rock um yeah yeah, dude that's interesting i wonder how much of our uh like love for certain artists has to do with one of two things either we find music that's relatable to us or we find music that creates a world we want to be a part of you Mm, know what i'm saying it seems like it's like one of two things like that's what that that outlandish rock and roll of the 80s was definitely something I didn't identify with, but I wanted to be a part of. I thought it was like, I, I can't imagine these people not having fun all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And the 90s come around, it's like, oh, like you said, it's it's attainable, you know? And, and I, I still maybe even quantify that. It's like either a culture, man, I would like to be a part of that, or it's something that I identify with. I should, I don't know. That's, that's deep. I just, deep, yeah, baby. well, I mean- yeah, let's let's do it. No, I um, I just like uh, again. It was it was almost like I, I like this again. This was before internet, so like there was no chat rooms. Like there were chat rooms after, like very close after, but like I don't I don't remember how I don't remember how I connected with so many people, or, or actually not a lot, but like we were so connected through the music that we listened to. But like we all found it individually. Um. Um maybe that was like a compilation. Like I remember us talking once I'm like, did bands you like used to do like compilations and you're like, no. Hmm. And I'm like, Oh, because the bands that you love, like from the, from the eighties and stuff, like they have like billion dollar, like, like budgets, like these, like these, these bands would get together and say like, let's release a comp so that at least we can get one song into hot topic or Sam Goody. Yeah. Um, no. Um, so it's like, yeah, I don't remember how it, 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 it was community. Yeah, I think that was always a part of the punk rock scene, though. Like, yeah, like I think in sure. the '80s, that was kind of a thing, and then skate culture perpetuated that with punk rock music. Very much so. You know, if you haven't seen that that uh, Tony Hawk documentary that's on HBO, oh, it's great. oh my yeah, gosh, it's, it's so cool the way they talk about the the punk scene and the them making the videotapes and all that sort of stuff. Um, Love it. Do you remember? Uh, well, I guess like, how old were you when you started doing digital design stuff? We've never talked about that. So like, so I started graphic design like super unofficially. Um, I basically, I illegally downloaded Photoshop in the 11th grade. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, if it makes Adobe feel better, I've paid for it for the last 18 years. Yeah. We're good. Um, <laughs> I think no, Adobe's so doing like, fun. And I think they know. I, I, they're not dumb. Um, <laughs> I think um, I would, I would literally design fake album artwork and I would design show posters for the bands that were in my, my scene. Um, nice. I remember one year, I think I was in like 
10th grade and we did a show flyer for my band. And all I remember is putting like Suzanne live. So our band name was Suzanne. Um, and then a picture of the saved by the bell cast and then like when, where and how, or whatever. And we printed 300, like, and I remember just walking through the halls and throwing them like behind us. So it was like, like just littering the hallways with this like (laughs) awful poster and, and like 12 people and ended up coming, but like, that was my first, like, Oh, I want to like half of the reason I love being in a band is because I get to do like the flyers and the album artwork and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So probably 11th grade. So 2001. Was there like a record? You Do you remember like, uh, I guess when you were falling in love with all, obviously the record, the record art, um, connected with you when you when you saw people like you yeah. but there was there art that you remember on early records that you're like that's amazing artwork to this day my favorite album cover of all time and it's always shocks people but uh andrew wk i get wet right oh yeah it's <laughs> I, I love i love that album um but the album cover is just a black background really thick bold text that says andrew wk and then a close-up shot of him and his nose is just gushing blood. Okay? I remember. So, yeah. oh, it's 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 phenomenal. And and the reason I love that album artwork so much is because it was released in I think like two thousand one, two thousand two. Pop music, every every pop album, so like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, like uh, Rick and Ricky and Glazius, like all of them. Every album art was just a beautiful shot of them, right? Yeah. So yeah. like, so Andrews response to all these beautiful pop like albums with these close-ups of their face and these beautiful gowns and stuff is his face just freaking destroyed and he's greasy and gross and i'm like that is the most punk rock like minimal punk rock album cover in the world and i just in in context of when it came out i just i still think it's it was so rad like yeah such a move yeah it it is funny like uh I've never thought about what you said about like Christina Aguilera and Enrique Iglesias, you know, Britney Spears, all these, like it was very pop oriented. Like the late nineties, early two thousands was like the big deal. Swedish pop, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing, uh, Swedish songwriters, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, uh, I, d- I saw a meme the other day that was talking about the early eighties and the meme just said, if they hit this certain lean on the cover of the record, like, you know, it was going to be a great <laughs> record. And it was like yeah. all the early 80s, like R&B, like Michael Jackson and uh, Lionel Richie and stuff. So it's funny to me, and you probably noticed more than I would, but there's like seasons, I guess, that album art like looks the same, which is interesting oh, yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, one of my, and this is, I, I'm, I'm not going on a real record, but. Uh, Lady Gaga re- released an album, I think like two years ago. And every time I'm, I'm at the record shop, every single time I'm flipping through and I see this album artwork and I don't know, I never remember it's her, but it's this like bright pink, like black metal logo on yeah, this like chrom- lime green. record. Yeah. Bro. And every time I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Lady Gaga, like what? So like, <laughs> I think, <laughs> right? Like, I'm like, I don't, but it's like, uh, when 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 you go against the grain, especially nowadays, because everybody's releasing art, and art can always it always starts to look the same after a while. And then you have somebody who breaks the 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 um the the pattern, and but like 
I just always love the albums that are like, it's going to be hard to get this approved, but I promise you like this album artwork will stick out greatly. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. That's funny uh, too, because I was talking to, um, it may have been a conversation we were having, but I know I've talked to a couple of guys who are in marketing and the record industry and, uh, or management, one of the two talking about how now it's, um, you know, even, even with the pressing of vinyl, you know, resurging and all that sort of stuff, uh, because streaming is the way that, you know, most people consume music nowadays and the title of the artist and the title of the record is always next to the artwork on our devices. That was me. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's completely yeah. unnecessary to put right. the, the artist and the album title on the artwork now. So it's almost like typography, at least as as a part of album art. The necessity is not there. It doesn't mean it's not applicable or interesting. Right. It just the necessities used to have to put that on there because that's how people would know it was you. Yeah, you know. And yeah. now that's completely yeah. different. Like, does that like? open up options for you as a designer when you're working on stuff or does that like, cause I know it's the same in, in a lot of digital media now cause there's topography everywhere and the artwork you work on is, is on apps that have text all around it. Yeah. So like, is that changing the way that you design stuff or see, I don't, so, so I actually feel, I, I actually feel the industry starting to move again to the, to the point of like putting text on, on albums. So it's like, so the past, like, I would say like eight, nine, nine years, like we said, like, like people are like, well, we don't need the name of the band on there because it's always in context to like, uh, August Burns Red album name. Right. Yeah. So like yeah. you, so you're, so you're always having the name with the album cover now with the vinyl resurgence, like, like I, this is all speculation, but like, I feel like we're slowly moving back to like, like text on an album. Um, mm which I could be wrong, but I I'm starting to be like, Oh, I think that's, I'm, I'm seeing more and more text going back to your question though. Like I don't, when I'm designing, I don't, um, I don't think of text as text and then like a picture as an object. Like I think of sure. them all as, as objects. So if, so if this cover needs an additional object, that is the text. I'm going to yeah. add it. Like I, I bow to the needs of the project, um, yeah. which sounds hippie as crap, but, but like I do, I do enjoy the fact that I, I'm not chained to having to put copy on things. Um, yeah. but I'm also overjoyed when I do get to like, like purpose, purposefully use text as, as an object. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Totally. Okay. And I love that. Uh, I, I agree. I think that it's because of vinyl, it's like just uh, people aren't thinking about it the same way as they did maybe yeah. over the last decade where streaming it had blown up. But then I see stuff like this week or last last week, the Taylor Swift record drops. And so she has like artwork that's on Spotify, Apple Music, yeah. all that stuff. And then there's four vinyl variants. I don't know. Have oh, you seen? I know. Well, not just the yeah. vinyl itself, but the covers, like and and the and the inside booklet. So, oh, they're all different too. So I actually like. So I I'm obsessed with this new al album. To me, that's like a huge value on design. Where over the last like nine or ten years, it was like, hey, can you give me a three thousand by three thousand square and leave me alone? Yeah, you know, I love what I love the most about it. It's like you can think, like you can think, like like um, you can think that like. Taylor's just doing that for like a money grab. But if you, th 
think about it through um through the lens of like a Taylor Swift fan, you're you're literally gifting them an opportunity to like have more content. Like yeah. and I just think I, I just, I, so I actually love that al- al- album. I, I, like I, I have a lot of friends who don't, but like even the artwork, man, it's like g- going back to like, Oh, it's not just a one. It's, it's not just one image. It's like a, um, like she not only has the title of the album on it, but like she has the track listing and it's yeah. like, it's just so, yeah, it's just so cool, man. I, I, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of when an artist can, um, like uh can um like do big stuff like that yeah yeah because it's not i mean it's not easy especially nowadays but i think she moved like like a million and a half units week one which is like the most of records sold in like five years or something and i mean it's not just her i mean and it's not it's not like we tend to talk about like physical units of music with older artists who are like reissuing things or something but like man the harry styles record sold big the last adele record sold huge like uh this charlie puth album i heard is selling great like you know there's a lot of you know modern pop artists who are doing that too and i agree with you it's funny if you only buy like one variant of the Taylor Swift album. I think that like when you listen to the, at least for me, like I know what the cover of a record looks like when I listen to it. So I associate it with that visual and that's like super important yeah. to me, you know? Yeah. And there are things like as blatant as like Weezer blue or Metallica, the black yeah. album that we like literally refer to them. They're like known not by the name, but by the like, even though that is the name of the record, but it's like they're associated with the, it was so bold what they did art wise. It defined the record. Like Metallica could not call that record anything, but the black album, you know, we yeah, couldn't call it. It's the blue record. And even what's the, the green album too. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So, so they, so Weezer has self titled records and on paper, they are just called Weezer, right? Yeah. But you have the you have the blue album, you have the green album, you have the red album, black album, teal album, and uh, um, that's it. So like they, it the lore of that band is just incredible. Yeah. Um, but but yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, Again, I'm holding myself back. But yeah, no, I I get it. I get it though, dude. That's awesome. What, uh, what are some records that have come out recently that you love the record, but you also love the artwork maybe? Man. Um, when, when we went into quarantine, um, like, like I remember up until that point, like I was having a lot of trouble, like, like, like finding new music, Right, I would just find myself going to bands that I already knew and records that I already knew, and I and I was like, I didn't, I just could not find new music whatsoever for whatever reason during quarantine. It was like all of a sudden I started to like just have time to like discover again. Um, and yeah. Apple Music is the freaking best. Like I don't feel like that those curated lists and stuff are i every friday i just i just go through um and and just um but that was the beginning of me just diving into like a lot of new stuff um the first one i like the first album i really fell in love with was um low the 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 band is called low and Mm -hmm. and the uh um 
I wrote it down because I forgot what the actual album was called. Hold up. It, uh, hold up. This is why people listen to the podcast, right? Low <laughs> and the, and the album's called Double Negative. Oh, and it's yeah, a pink yeah. cover and it's like a yes. black chip. And, and it sounds like your headphones are about to explode because the sound production is bananas and it's just this chippy computery, like, it's just fantastic. And that just opened my brain. Um, yeah. And I was like, I, I want more. Like, I want more new. I mean, Low has been a band for a very long time, but that album was sure. released in like 2018. Um, uh, there's this band called uh, uh, or- Origami, A- Origami Angel. And I think I sent it to you, but I don't think you listened to it because I don't think it's your lane. But it's like, there's a they have an album called Gammy Gang, which might be a term for something bad. I don't, I don't know, but... <laughs> Um, it's, it's these kids. It, this is the, this, this is the only way I can explain it. It's like these, it's these kids with ADHD, ADHD, who ate a bunch of candy, found their dad's like get up kids albums and like wrote and played music like that. It's like they play with speed and, and intensity that only like a 20 year old kid can. Um, huh. it's just the whole album is just nonstop. Like it's, it's, it is whatever the evolution is from the music I, I loved. And now these kids finding their dad's out, out albums. Um, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Like it's, it's just fast and awesome. Sounds kind of like, um, uh, like you listen to black midi. I no, I'm, I'm not super familiar now. I need to, I might be. That too. And I'm going to listen to the origami angel record. I don't dude, remember you sending me that honestly. It but I'm gonna, starts with probably did. It starts with this like like trap like eight oh eight and you're like I don't know what's happening and then this yeah. eight oh eight turns into this palm muted like just again it's just this ferocious like messy beautiful punk uh, rock. Um, there were um, a few bands that came out like that around that time I, or that like came into their prime I guess like 2018, 2019, yeah. like uh Parquet Courts and um uh oh man. Oh, there's this other band that's. Oh, I I'm just have to look I, them up. I just let it. There's a resurgence. coastal something rolling something. Oh, oh, I'm dude, I don't know. I know, dude. Yeah, it's reminding me of this like this like group of bands that I got into around that time. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway. Yeah, and then and then there's a there's a band called the Dirty Nil. Um, yep. And yeah, the you album, sent me that. Oh, I was obsessed with that album. It's this like tongue in cheek rock and roll album that's like like they have a song called like doom boy and it's basically him like explaining why he's such a like a dangerous rock star like he says like oh i, I li- listen to um listen to black metal and i worship satan and uh and he's like and we can listen to these songs in my dodge caravan and then at the end of the song he's like oh it's my mom's dodge caravan it's just it's just a, it's just a fantastic album wow. um and the cover is like this stuffed dog head and it's, um, the al- album name is F art, but it's the F word art. Yeah. I just, it's one of those, but I will say, man, like besides, uh, Death Cab for Cutie re- released an album this, this year, which is phenomenal. It's the loudest Death Cab for Cutie album. Hmm. And yeah. it's just great. Um, but like the newest band I've been obsessed with, um, is Matt Mason. It's a M A E S O N, and he re- 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 released an album called um, "Never Had to Leave." That's a great record. 
Oh, bro. I am like, it's getting pressed in January and I'm so thrilled, but it's just this, it's this Southern, I don't even know how to explain it. It's this like bluesy, like it's about this dude's relationship with Jesus. And like, he grew up in his like dad was a pastor and he's, and he's having all these like spiritual conversations based in like a, like a secular, it's beautiful, man. Like I listen that. I love, I did like dark red skull thing. With a, like cool. a person playing guitar. I, I yeah. think he did that. I think he made that with um, um, artificial intelligence. I, w- I was actually going to Google Whoa. that because I was looking at it and I'm like, I bet you that's what it did. Cause this is a weird image. Yeah. Um, but dude, yeah, I, I love that al- album so much. That's a whole nother conversation. It's like all the bro AI design, AI music creation. Like it's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. It is funny to me though. There's there's something that'll never be replaced with album art, and I don't know. I'm sure that you've seen, you know, documentaries about album art or short films that people have made about creating album art. But the one of my favorite, um, and I, I, I couldn't even name you a song off this record. Um, I have a I have a ton of respect for John Mayer, but I'm not like a super fan uh, of him. I know it's, what you're I, about I'm to say. Not, I'm just not super familiar. But there was a re- there was a a documentary that um, was made about the born and raised John Mayer record, which I remember being yeah. a really good record. I just, I don't normally yeah. like regularly listen to his stuff a ton. So I'm not super familiar with any songs on it, but that album art and the re- the record was great, but the, the um, album art was created by this guy by hand. And I, I forgot the name of, there was a certain technique, you know, that they used to yeah. create it, but it's, it's very like pharmacy art from the twenties sort of a vibe it's literally yeah it's it's like lettering but like it's the most intricate like if 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 you zoom into it you're gonna find a new detail and it's beautifully done and it's all handmade which i am a i consider myself an artist but if you uh, you put me against someone like 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 that i'm like no man i'm i'm (laughs) i'm not an artist like like you are like because that stuff blows my mind yeah, but I know. I, I mean, I know. I know you're a great artist. Uh, I know that part of part of the great thing about digital design is not just that it's digital, and so you can do crazy things with it, but that you can bring in other media, you know, photography yeah. and physical things, and then like bring that into the digital landscape, and you know, really get crazy with it. And I think that's there's so much interesting art out there. Um, but for me, what grabs my eye is probably the the simpler it is, you know, yeah. the, the more it catches. And I don't know if there's like even theories around like record art now that make you stand out on digital platforms. Like if you had conversations with anybody about that? Y- yes and no. I mean, there was that, again, you're, it's, it's more about what's going on now and just kind of maybe finding your own space. Like, uh, we have a mutual friend who always, who works in marketing, who says like, when they zig, you zag. So like, it's, mm. it's the same, it's the same concept as like Weezer's Blue al- al- album. It came out in a sea of like, like concept heavy albums, right? Like yeah. you have a Nevermind and, and all, all just everything has a, a theme and they're, and they're like, Hey, let's just like, like let's buy blue paper, set it up in our like friend's apartment and just take a picture of us. And, and that in comparison to everything else at the time, like it, it's, it it sticks out. And like, I think 
with digital art, I think it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's not about what you do. It's, it's about like, like responding to what's been done. If that makes yeah. sense. I don't know if I just yeah. talked in a circle, but yeah, there's not really an answer in my head, no, but just being no. unique and yeah. That's great. All right. Yeah, man. Last, last thing. And I, I, I think I know, it. I think I know, I think I know three favorite records. I'm going to surprise you. Are you? Oh man. Well, no, I'm not. Cause I like, I would not be able to sleep tonight if, if I lied about it. Cause this is very important <laughs> to me. Um, um, uh, re- uh, three, start starting with three and the order is very important. Um, three is further scenes forever. Um, the moon is down. Nice. Uh, the first, the first time I listened to that, um, I, I played guitar, but like I heard this album and I'm like, Oh, I don't even know how they're doing what they're doing. Like musically, because you, you listen to it and, and it's smart. Like it's, it's, it's meticulous and smart. And I was so used to like, just like messy power chords and leave the E open. Like, like, but like when I first heard them, it was on a compilation. I think it was the emo diaries, like version four, which sounds awesome. Um, uh, but like, I was obsessed with like, dude, like, these dudes are, are, are scientists. Um, and just that whole al- album and just the lore of the album, like Chris Caraba was the singer. He left before it was even out. Um, so they still released it. It was just a whole thing. Um, I actually just got the 20 year anniversary record or vinyl uh, in the mail yesterday. And it's great. Uh, oh, nice. Number two is, yeah, dude, it, I, uh, it's awesome. Um, number two is Jimmy Eat World, World Clarity. Um, it was their album after their, their, their first album, they got signed to Capitol and basically they got signed and then nobody did anything with them. So when they released their first album, they just, it just kind of flopped. And so they were like, listen, let's spend every penny of the budget for this next album and just do the weirdest album of all time. Like there's like a (laughs) xylophone in it. Like it's just this beautiful it is purely them. And they literally thought it was going to be their swan song. Um, so it's just, it just has this heart, man. And just it's, I, I, when weather gets older, that's the first thing I put, put on. It's just such a good album. Um, number one is a Weezer. It's a Pinkerton. Um, that was their sophomore album. Um, and it was in response to the blue album. So, so the blue album is this perfect pop, rock record like you could show it to your mom and like she would love it and like it was very like candy for whatever reason rivers who's the singer of laser he like he all he wanted in his entire life was to be a rock star and he became one and he's like this sucks (laughs) like (laughs) i don't like the attention (laughs) like like i'm i'm getting love letters from like kids and japan and and he's going through this thing where all of a sudden like girls want him and so it's this it is it is the first time i heard feedback in a in an album like on purpose like it was like feedback from the guitar on purpose um yeah it was the rawest like they produced it uh rick rubin no uh the dude from the cars oh rick uh okasic Oh, say it. Oh, okay. Asic. So he produced yeah. the blue album. They self-produced Pinkerton. It was this vulnerable, awkward, like raw album that is said to like, has ha- um, kicked off the like emo movement because it was just this terrible 
it was it was awkward because it was so so real it was so awkward and real that weezer didn't make any music for the next like seven years and he didn't even talk about the album for like 10 years because he was in he was humiliated um it was one of those albums that like set and just grew like yeah yeah dude um but yeah dude that That was was one of those bands man that was my introduction to weezer actually like i remember i saw buddy holly on mtv but a friend of yeah. mine, you know, but aside from that and like sweater song and, you know, like hits, yeah. I had never really gotten into them. And a friend of mine let me borrow Pinkerton on CD and I, I just put it in my car and it was one of those that like just stayed in for a while. And the record, they, they must have tracked it all at the same time because it, it just sounds very similar from song to song. And I love records like that. And so I'm just like, oh, this is great. So I just listened to it over and over again. And I like super got into that record, but then they didn't release anything else. So I didn't get into Weezer. I just was into that record. And uh, And, yeah, my favorite thing about my favorite thing about the album was I think Rolling Stone rated it when it first came out and gave it like a two out of 10, like just scathing. Like (laughs) they were just mean about it. And then 20 years after they re- they re um, um, reviewed it and they mm. gave it a 10 out of 10 because it became this cult, like yeah. classic. It's like the blue album and Pinkerton can't live with, without out each other. Cause there's such a juxtapose, like, like it's yeah. if you tore this dude in, dude in half and you'd have the purest version of this and this. Um, yeah. So yeah. So you and I need to start a Weezer podcast. Um, <laughs> And no one will listen to it except for me. I would, I would record it and then re-listen to it. So I'm like, man, I just love that band, even when I'm just talking about them. Well, dude, thank yeah, you so dude. much. This has been a blast, oh, man. man. I love Have it. Have a good one, man. I love it. I'll holler you later. Yeah, buddy, you too. Man, we could talk forever. Uh, about music and art and all things creative. I really hope you enjoyed that. Uh, make sure to follow Jonathan, if you like, on social media. He's just at Jonathan Maloney everywhere. I'll put that in the show notes as well. And uh, you can check out more of his work at uh, brightfulstudio.com. Um, and you could follow, uh, the Brightful Co, uh, or the Brightful Studio on, uh, Instagram as well. And uh, I'll put all that stuff in the show notes. So you can just go click on it and check them out. Uh, have some other cool friends who are a part of that little collective and, uh, and stuff as well. So, uh, go check out their work. They're awesome. They did all the artwork, like I mentioned for, uh, my fi and the animations and all the things you see on the YouTube stuff and the, the name slates and all the stuff, the stickers, the hats that you've seen, you know, that we talk about all that sort of stuff. That's all from my friends there at the Brightful studio, Jonathan and, and Timmy and Alan and, uh, super grateful for their help. Uh, go check out their stuff. But anyway, uh, listen and follow my fi Instagram, uh, TikTok, Twitter, all the stuff, go, go follow us. Keep up. We have some great, great, guests lined up for the rest of the year and at the very end of the year i'm going to do a bonus episode about my favorite albums of 2022 and then we can talk a little bit on social media about all the records that we've loved that have come out this year so uh stay tuned stay connected hope you love the episode today and uh we'll see you uh in a little while with a fresh new episode till then have a good one